0: Well, it's been a busy week of news, uh, not the least of which was the stories about uh, Kate Spade and celebrity chef and TV personality Anthony Bourdain. Uh, both of their deaths attributed to suicide. It has increased the attention on suicide.
1: 55-year-old Spade died last Tuesday, 61-year-old Bourdain on Friday. Uh, their deaths shocking their fans, many trying to understand why people who seem to have such full and fulfilling lives, would take their own lives. Uh, We're joined by Kimberly Cannell this afternoon. She's a psychologist at Momentum Walk-In Counseling here in Edmonton. Hi, Kim. Thanks for joining us today. Hi. Good afternoon. All right. So, you know, we see when when something like this happens, the death of um, Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, and there seems to be so much shock over it. And I think one of the lines that I've seen coming out more and more is the fact, or is the statement that success doesn't always mean happiness. Would you agree?
2: You know, I think what's so interesting is that um, definitely mental health, mental illness, mental struggles, they seem to overshadow everything. So whether it's success, whether it's uh, lots of personal relationships, whether it's, um, you know, things that, to the outside look like, like are going really well and like things look great, um, really on the inside we can really see from these examples that everyone is struggling uh, at some point in their lives and, um, and some people it just absolutely overwhelms them.
0: You know, it's interesting because every time this conversation comes up, we talk about trying to identify Mm -hmm. um, the signs or the warning signs in those around us, our loved ones and friends. Um, But at the same time, we talk about how people don't reach out for help like they Mm -hmm. would for any other ailment, a broken arm, you go see a doctor, get it fixed. uh, um, But, you know, broken emotions, you tend to hide them. Yeah. But is part of that the fact that those individuals who are suffering from a a severe depression, don't feel like anyone can help. So what's the point of telling anyone?
2: You know, what's interesting is, you know, about half of people do have diagnosed mental illnesses who end up um, dying by suicide, but about half of people don't or don't know they have something going on for them. Um, and so what's so interesting is for, you know, in many cases, it's just, you'll just notice, notice subtle things You know about a change in behavior many people um will openly talk about feeling suicidal but many won't Mm -hmm. and uh and they may not even really recognize that um they're feeling suicidal until it kind of comes to a critical point
0: well that's an interesting point because we always focus on trying to identify those indicators in other people but we have to i guess learn to identify them in ourselves
2: well absolutely that's that's very good for picking up on that. That's exactly what I'm saying. And the other piece that, you know, so many people I've been talking to in the last few days as well say who who do have feelings of suicide is that um, part of the the issue where your brain chemistry has changed, your brain is changed, the way you think has changed, is many times your brain then starts telling you lies, starts telling you things that aren't true, um, and quite often makes you not want to reach out for help. So it's actually up to us as a society, as friends and family, when we're noticing things about other people that, you know, seem a bit off. By taking the extra time, the extra step to to have a conversation, I just noticed, you know, you're not, yourself lately. Is there anything I can do? Is everything okay? Or showing up with a coffee and having a conversation, reaching out that way, you may actually be able to get some information that you never expected to
1: get. But isn't it interesting that, you know, if we're at a workplace or we're talking to somebody on the phone, it's like, hi, how you doing? But you don't necessarily really care to hear the answer. Mm-hmm. If someone was to actually say, well, you know what, Kim, Jalen, Andrew, I'm, I'm not really doing well today. Mm-hmm. I, I'm struggling. You know, what would you do? Because you're not really expecting that's, to hear that exactly answer. That's exactly
0: what I wanted to ask as well, because yeah. I've had that situation yeah. where a friend has said some disturbing things to me, yeah. and the fear is I will say the wrong thing the wrong and, thing. and yeah. trigger an event I don't want to trigger.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, know, I I think this comes up for us as people who want to be helpful and caring, right, um, that we don't, <laughs> we don't want to say the wrong thing. I think what we do is we be open and honest about that and say, I'm worried I'm gonna say the wrong thing, but I know I want you to know that I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. I'm here to listen to you. I may not have an answer, but I'm here for you to be here with you. And maybe together we could help figure something out. Quite often, if you ask the question, um, what do you need? They may actually have a sense of what it would take to get them some help. Um, sometimes they don't, and then having little bits of information in your back pocket like we do have a 24-hour distress line here at Edmonton all you need to know is that we have a distress line you can call 211 and get that information if you need it um even to know that there's walk-in counseling available uh-huh. like at Momentum right there's places people can go where they don't have to wait for weeks and weeks and weeks for an appointment right so um, just having a few tidbits of information saying, hey, I may not have the answer for you, but I'll help you get to someone who does.
1: You know, Kim, I've been doing a lot of reading over over the weekend um, on this, and there's a couple of different things I want to ask you about. You know, when you talk about the uh, the, the uh, mental help line and in the, in the phone, the crisis mm-hmm. lines, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. one of the articles or one of the comments that I read is that, you know, it's all good that we do have those crisis lines, mm-hmm. so if someone needs to make that call, but how often do they follow up with care afterwards or get help afterwards? So it might stop at that moment, mm-hmm. but all of those issues are still there. And, right. and, and that was a concern. That was a concern on, on, the, on behalf of one person just saying, yeah, I can make the one call, but what am I doing for getting help afterwards?
2: Well, it's kind of interesting you bring that up because, um, you know, when you have thoughts of suicide, there's usually a complex series of events that have led you there. Um, sometimes it can be financial stress or work stress or loss of a job or loss of a relationship, coupled with trauma, um, all sorts of things that can, you know, lead to these thoughts. And um, and so it's not going to necessarily just take one intervention to have everything magically fixed or cured, right? Right. Um, for some people, this will be a, a short episode where, you know, with some time and some ongoing therapy and some social supports and many different things put in place, they will come through it no problem um, and take it, you know, as, as you know, like a warning sign. I need to be careful of my mental health. Um, and other people, this will be a lifelong struggle mm-hmm. where this will be something they need to be aware of. Um, on a consistent basis, where they need to really employ a lot of positive mental health interventions in their life to make sure that um, and and notice the warning signs to make sure they're not slipping into the thoughts of suicide again. Kimberly, I'm
0: sorry, sorry. my mic was off. Kimberly, I'm curious, uh, just your impression of what effect social media has had specifically on uh, people's mental well-being, and yep. that, you know, just in terms of. I, I've, I don't have a friend on Facebook that isn't better looking than me or having a better vacation. <laughs> Fair
2: enough,
0: <yes. laughs> you, you know, and and I can see over time where you would you would start to think, you it could go two ways. Either, hey, why yeah. aren't I having the good time that they're having? Yeah. Or you start pretending to be having that good time and then get feelings that your life is not real.
2: Well, again, interesting. I mean, you really have to create your own reality where you... Keep people in your life that are helpful and, and don't keep people that aren't. But um, you know, it, it kind of goes two ways. Where I think we're talking a lot more about mental wellness, mental health, mental um, mental struggles, and um, and really the talking, uh, rethinking what is mental illness. You know, that um, it's a, a brain disease just like any other physical disease that needs treatment, therapy, sometimes medications. Um, and so just ending the stigma that way. But on the flip side, I 100% agree with you that sometimes it feels like, you know, everyone else is doing such great things. But what we have to keep in mind is that people are showing us their very best of themselves quite often.
0: <laughs> you know and is that why specifically celebrity suicides hit us and maybe this is a false statement, but they hit some people very hard. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, without a doubt, you, you look at celebrities and go, "Well,
0: they have everything, yeah. Yeah. so how could this be?"
2: Right, and that's our perception of their world, right? And uh, we we know that you know many celebrities struggle with um, addictions and uh, and sometimes mental health issues, but that's not openly talked about. Um, they look like they have everything, but we don't know how their, their, their relationship is going or their, um, what their trauma history is. I mean, even just the pressure of being under everyone's watchful eye, mm-hmm. I can only imagine as a designer for Kate Spade, let's face it, as a chef as well, you're always look, being looked to for the next big thing, for being creative, for, um, you know, there's a lot of pressure there. But what's interesting is that I think what what did ultimately lead to their um, deaths by suicide was, could have also been some of those traits that led them to their great success.
1: Hmm.
0: Right? What do you mean by that?
2: Well, some of sometimes we that creative side of you comes from a place of pain, and so that struggle, that yearning to always be the best, to be on top, that can come from um, come from some of the Emptiness that you feel inside, and is, is sometimes motivated by that. I can't speak for them per se, mm-hmm. but you know, sometimes that creativity, that's where that is
0: coming. Well, that's really interesting. You say that I, I cr- got criticized d- deeply when, upon the death of a famous comedian, mm. um, I was asked in an interview uh. and answered that I, I believe my answer was that the the Pain and dysfunction,
1: mm-hmm. which
0: caused him to become a comedian, mm-hmm. eventually led, uh-huh. likely to his death. Mm-hmm. And people were so mad at me <laughs> for you know just assuming to know what had happened. But I know right. the creative people often yep. struggle absolutely. a lot. They they're they're fighting demons, and that's what makes them creative. Well,
2: and the unnamed person that you're talking about absolutely struggled with demons and was quite open about it. You know, and um, and quite often people do hide their pain and their suffering with humor that's how they deflect and then don't have to look at the the sad parts of their lives and their feelings right so these are coping mechanisms that get very well developed in some people and in fact make them famous there's nothing wrong with it it just you also need other ways of coping not just that
1: Mm-hmm. Kim Kanal. Kim Canale is a registered psychologist and the founder of Momentum Walk-In Counseling. Joining us on the phone this afternoon, um, Kim, I, I've I've talked to you before about uh, the death of my my nephew Jasper, who died by mm-hmm. suicide ten years ago, mm-hmm. and, and and the reason I'm bringing it up because it 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 leads to something that I read again on, on the weekend when when Jasper died, um, you know, again he was the quarterback of the football team, really good-looking boy, mm-hmm. super personal. Personality, all that sort of thing. We we never could figure out why he why he decided to end his life. And I can remember his brother saying to me, you know, and, and some of them thinking that well it must have just been impulse. It just mm-hmm. must have been an impulse thing. And one of the articles I was reading on the weekend was talking about about uh, suicide and death by suicide, um, linked uh, uh, of course often to depression and mental illness. But mm-hmm. in some cases, it can be an Um, impulse. What would you say to that?
2: You know, I think that there needs to be some underlying thoughts in the beginning. Um, I don't think that, you know, um, that most people would think, oh, you know, I'm having a really rough day. I'm going to Mm -hmm. end my life. Mm -hmm. I think those thoughts are there ahead of time. But let's face it, I don't think anyone goes through life not having suicide cross their mind at some point Um, it might be a fleeting thought right but then um, you know I do believe that there needs to at least be some thoughts there already some um, self-talk that says you know maybe the world would be better off without me or my problems are too overwhelming I can't possibly manage Um, and you have to know too that people who die by suicide don't often want to die they just want the pain to end. That's right. Right? So it's not, they just don't see any other way yeah. to get out of the situation.
0: Kimberly, about, I want to I ask you one last question. The then then yeah. we're going to be out of time, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> it's, a, it's a huge topic to try and yes. squeeze into this amount of time. I, I phoned a crisis line in Calgary many years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was in crisis. And one of the first questions they asked me was, are you intending to hurt mm-hmm. yourself? Yeah. So is that a question when you're talking to a friend or loved one who says, look, I'm, I'm, I'm really having a rough time of it. Is that a question that's suitable to ask? Are you thinking about hurting yourself?
2: Absolutely. Yes. And you need to practice doing it. I know when I became a therapist, uh, I was not comfortable asking that question. But you'd be surprised when people are actually uh, in a lot of pain. They don't seem surprised that you're asking. <laughs> So, um, which always shocks me. But, um, you know, it is—it's a—it's a good thing to ask. Sometimes um, people will say, "You know, yeah, I am thinking of it." Some people will say, "No, no, I don't think so," but I have thought about it before. Since we don't talk about it much, I think we'd be surprised at how many people have actually considered it. Um, there's many reasons why people don't follow through because you know they—they they then you know put supports in their lives in place where you know it's helpful, but i think you'd be surprised if you actually started asking that question how many people have actually contemplated
1: suicide Kimberly Canal from Momentum Walk-In Counseling joining us this afternoon. Again, Momentum, a, a place where you can just walk in and get mm. the counseling. Uh, Kim, thanks, thanks for talking with us today. I, I, I hope someday we get to talk about something that's more fun. Thank you. That's so enjoyable. Okay, thanks, Kim. Thanks. All right, a quick break here. When we come back, some phone numbers for you, some important phone numbers for you um, if, uh, if you're struggling. Stick around. Okay. Some numbers to keep in mind. The Alberta Mental Health Helpline at 1-877-303-2642.
0: The Distress Line Edmonton area is 780-482-4357.
1: And the Rural Distress Line, if you're living outside of uh, Edmonton area, one 800 232 eight, and you know or what or
0: 211 just 2-1-1. dial 211 you'll get help. But
1: listen to this, you know, every day in Alberta, the more than one person will die as a result of a suicide, claims more lives annually than other more openly discussed issues such as motor vehicle collisions and homicides and over 75% of those deaths are men, most between the ages of 30 and 69. Wow. Um, Keep it in mind there's people out there that do want to help, that do care, yep, and that will listen.
0: The Six Thirty Chad Afternoon News with jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross, weekdays at two on Six Thirty Chad.